This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of THA stability techniques from the recon section on orthobullets.com. The four important variables that help determine the stability of a total hip arthroplasty include component design, component position, soft tissue tensioning, and soft tissue function. Again, the four important variables that help determine the stability of a total hip arthroplasty are component design, component position, soft tissue tensioning, and soft tissue function. With respect to component design, let's talk about femoral component design and acetabular component design. With respect to femoral component design, the two things to keep in mind include large femoral heads and femoral offset. With respect to large femoral heads, Decreased dislocation rates are due to a head-neck ratio that is increased, avoiding the use of skirts, an increased jump distance, and keeping in mind that a larger femoral head will not compensate for abductor deficiency or a vertically positioned cup. The head-neck ratio is defined as the diameter of the femoral head over the diameter of the femoral neck, and this is important because larger head-neck ratios allow a greater arc range of motion prior to impingement. With respect to avoiding the use of skirts, keep in mind that skirts are attachments used to extend the length of the femoral neck, and this is important because skirts decrease the head-neck ratio. As far as increasing the jump distance, the jump distance is defined as the amount of translation prior to dislocation, and this is important because large femoral heads are seated deeper within the acetabulum, increasing the jump distance. An increase in jump distance increases joint stability. And again, to reiterate one more time, a larger femoral head will not compensate for abductor deficiency or vertically positioned cup. Moving on to acetabular component design, the two things to talk about include an elevated rim liner and a lateralized liner. With respect to an elevated rim liner, this is a posteriorly placed elevated rim liner may increase joint stability. With respect to a lateralized liner, this increases soft tissue tension by increasing offset. And keep in mind that a lateralized liner has been shown to increase the risk of acetabular component loosening. Now let's talk about component position. The recommendations for acetabular position include an antiversion of 5 degrees to 25 degrees and abduction of 30 degrees to 50 degrees. Again, the recommendations for acetabular position include an antiversion of 5 degrees to 25 degrees and abduction of 30 degrees to 50 degrees. Some caveats to keep in mind are that surgical approach may affect optimal position of implants, so a posterior approach should err towards more antiversion, while an anterior approach should err towards less antiversion. Hypertrophy of the anterior-inferior iliac spine may cause component impingement and instability. Again, hypertrophy of the anterior-inferior iliac spine may cause component impingement and instability. Some complications to talk about with respect to acetabular position, these include excessive retroversion, excessive antiversion, excessive abduction, that is a high theta angle or a vertical cup, and excessive adduction, that is a low theta angle with a horizontal cup. With respect to excessive retroversion, this causes posterior dislocation. Excessive antiversion leads to anterior dislocation. Excessive abduction, again, that is a high theta angle with a vertical cup, will cause a posterior superior dislocation, and keep in mind that this may cause eccentric polyethylene wear and late instability. Excessive adduction, again that is a low theta angle with a horizontal cup, will cause impingement and flexion as well as inferior dislocation. As far as femoral stem position, the recommendations include 10 degrees to 15 degrees of antiversion. 
The caveat to keep in mind is that it is more difficult to adjust the femoral component version in uncemented femoral components. As far as combined version, this is defined as the femoral component antiversion plus the acetabular component antiversion. Recommendations for this include 37 degrees. Now let's talk about soft tissue tensioning. As far as restoration of offset, this is defined as the perpendicular distance from the femoral head center of rotation to the axis of the femur. And this is important because an increased offset leads to increased soft tissue tension, decreased impingement, and decreased joint reaction force. On the other hand, decreased offset may lead to instability, abductor weakness, and gluteus medius lurch. Finally, keep in mind that increasing offset improves hip stability. Techniques to increase offset include increasing the length of the femoral neck, decreasing the neck shaft angle, medializing the femoral neck while increasing the femoral neck length, trochanteric advancement, and alteration of the acetabular liner. Now let's talk about soft tissue function. The three main factors controlling proper soft tissue function include the central nervous system, the peripheral nervous system, and local soft tissue integrity. With respect to the central nervous system, pathology that affects the central nervous system includes stroke, cerebellar dysfunction, dementia, multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease, myelopathy, delirium, and alcoholism. With respect to the peripheral nervous system, pathology that affects the peripheral nervous system includes spinal stenosis, and keep in mind that the gluteus medius is innervated by L5, peripheral neuropathy, radiculopathy, as well as paralysis slash paresis. Finally, local soft tissue integrity can be influenced by trauma, myoligamentous disruption, deconditioning, the aging process, poor health, irradiation, osteolysis, collagen abnormalities, myopathy, malignancy, and infection. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, During total hip arthroplasty, which of the following techniques increases range of motion prior to impingement? And the choices are 1. Using implants with a smaller femoral head, 2. Using implants with a larger femoral head-to-neck ratio, 3. Using a ultra-high molecular weight polyethylene liner on the acetabulum, 4. Decreasing femoral offset, and 5. Cementing the femoral stem. So using implants with a larger femoral head-to-neck ratio increases range of motion prior to impingement and improves stability, making 2 the correct answer to this question. The efficacy of using a larger size diameter femoral head to improve stability has been recognized since the early 1970s. With the larger head, that is a larger head-to-neck ratio, the distance to travel before subluxation and dislocation is greater and more range of motion is allowed before the neck impinges on the shell wall and levers the head from the shell. Amstutz et al. evaluated the outcomes of 140 total hip arthroplasties using size 36 millimeter femoral heads or larger. Patients were divided into three groups, revision for dislocation, revision for reasons other than dislocation, and primary total hip arthroplasty. Six cases required revision surgery for instability, and all were found to have mal-oriented acetabular components. After revision, all the hips were stable and none required the use of a constrained acetabular liner. The authors concluded that large diameter femoral heads provide additional stability not only for patients with recurrent dislocations, but for any revision. Sykes et al. compared 52 total hip arthroplasty cases at high risk of dislocation to a matched cohort. 
the high-risk patients were all treated with a large-diameter metal-on-metal components, while the match group received the standard metal-on-poly. The large head group had zero dislocations compared to two in the standard head size. Ultra-high molecular weight polyethylene liners, that was choice number three, are used in almost all metal-on-plastic total hip arthroplasties today and have greater resistance to wear than the prior generation of liners. However, they have no effect on range of motion and impingement. Decreased femoral offset, which was choice number four, would result in decreased tension in the abductors and could result in increased risk of dislocation, but has no effect on impingement of the femoral neck on the acetabular cup. And finally, cementing the femoral stem that was choice number five versus press fit stems should have no effect on range of motion and impingement. Moving on to the next question, when using larger femoral heads in total hip arthroplasty, the stability benefit of the larger head is lost with what technical error? And the choices are one, excess antiversion of the femoral stem, two, retroversion of the femoral stem, three, poor soft tissue tension, four, horizontal cup placement, and five, vertical cup placement. So large femoral heads have been shown to improve the stability of a total hip arthroplasty in both laboratory and clinical settings. The position of the acetabular component in a vertical position eliminates the benefit of the larger head by allowing dislocation with minimal translation of the head. Increasing the head-neck ratio can limit impingement and improve stability in many situations such as excessive or inadequate antiversion or horizontal placement of the acetabular component. Because the amount of displacement necessary to dislocate a large head is greater than that of a smaller head, it can compensate for some soft tissue laxity, but should not be used in abductor insufficiency. Moving on to the next question, which of the following is considered a contraindication for a constrained polyethylene insert for the management of hip instability? And the choices are 1. A well-positioned cup in an elderly patient, 2. A poorly positioned cup, 3. Absent abductor mechanism, four, placement of an acetabular cage, and five, central neurologic decline. So hip instability is a complication of primary and revision hip arthroplasty. The risk of dislocation ranges from 0.5% to 6% in primaries and 2% to 20% in revisions. There are several risk factors for dislocation, including patient factors, that is Parkinson's, dementia, spasticity, alcoholism, previous hip surgery, osteonecrosis, obesity, and hip fractures, as well as surgical factors such as head size, restoration of leg length and offset, impingement, surgeon experience, and approach. Surgical treatment of instability includes use of larger femoral heads, optimizing implant position, addressing sources of impingement, and increasing offset and or leg length. The relative indications for constrained liners include an absent abductor mechanism, recurrent dislocation in the presence of well-positioned implants, and failure of non-constrained surgical solutions. The threshold to choose a constrained liner is lower in the elderly, lower demand, or neurologically compromised patients. The risks of constrained liners include implant loosening, limited motion, and constraint mechanism failure. Relative contraindications for a constrained liner include a malpositioned implant or a young patient with a large inherent range of motion. So the correct answer to this question is 2. A poorly positioned cup is considered a contraindication for a constrained polyethylene insert for the management of hip instability. Moving on to the next question, which of the following factors is most likely to increase the risk of hip dislocation after a total hip arthroplasty? And the choices are 1. Large head-to-neck ratio. 2. Use of a skirted femoral head. 3. Femoral component in 15 degrees of antiversion. 4. Acetabular cup in 15 degrees of antiversion. 
and five acetabular cup and 50 degrees of abduction. So the use of a skirted femoral head actually decreases the head-to-neck ratio and leads to increased risk of hip impingement and dislocation after total hip arthroplasties. So the correct answer to this question is two, use of a skirted femoral head is most likely to increase the risk of hip dislocation after total hip arthroplasty. Barrick looked at implant design and orientation and its role in hip impingement and dislocations after total hip arthroplasties. Ways to minimize the risk of impingement and dislocation included avoiding the use of skirted heads, maximizing head-to-neck ratio, and using chamfered acetabular liners whenever possible. With the use of computer modeling studies, he found that optimal femoral component antiversion is 10 to 20 degrees, while optimal acetabular component positioning is 10 to 20 degrees of antiversion and 45 to 55 degrees of abduction. And moving on to the final question for this topic, in total hip arthroplasty, which of the following techniques will lead to improved stability by increasing the abductor tension? And the choices are one, use of a high offset femoral component, two, decreasing neck length, three, use of a low offset femoral component, four, increasing the head size, and five, medializing the acetabular component. So restoration of an appropriate tension to the abductors should be a primary goal in total hip arthroplasty, and high offset stems are a tool to assist in increasing tension and improving stability in the appropriate patient. A disadvantage of higher offset stems may be lateral prominence and trochanteric bursitis in thin patients. But the correct answer to this question is one, use of a high offset femoral component will lead to improved stability by increasing abductor tension. Incavo et al. demonstrated that potential benefits of a high offset stem included improved joint stability and avoidance of leg lengthening. Stability is improved by increasing soft tissue tension through restoring the abductor moment arm laterally in high offset stems. That's all for this review about THA stability techniques. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on iTunes. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.